Welcome, welcome, welcome to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and it's been hot, man. <laughs> I don't know where you listen to this. I don't know if you're here in, in D.C. or Maryland. I don't know where the hell you are, but it has been hot. The last few days, it's been like 95, but it feels like 105, like yesterday. Yesterday topped 100 degrees, but it felt like 115, man. It's hot today. It's just hot. <laughs> Uh, I, I know I'm going on a tangent, but it, it's it's hot. But again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in or listening to the Unpopular Podcast. And basketball season's over, man. <laughs> like it's I didn't realize just how much I, I I've talked about basketball until basketball season's over and I had to find some topics. But I do have a really good topic today that I wanted to talk about. Um, again, I want to thank everybody. Oh, I didn't say again because I didn't say it. I want to thank everybody that's listening, thank everybody that's watching, and the biggest sports news is Manny Pacquiao pretty much beat the holy hell out of Keith Thurman. Now, he won by split decision, and I'm not going to say Keith Thurman played or fought completely awful, but Manny Pacquiao, who was 40, uh, became the oldest welterweight champion in, in the history of boxing at 40. Going into this fight, I'm not going to lie. I thought Manny Pacquiao was going to lose pretty bad. Keith Thurman, um, he's bigger, he's stronger, he his reach is longer, and he was undefeated. He was 29-0. And I thought, not just, I wasn't out, you know, I wasn't counting out Manny Pacquiao because I think he sucks or anything. I was counting him out because his age. I mean, he's 40. He retired to come back to fight, you know, to do this fight. And I, I just didn't see how Manny Pacquiao would beat a Keith Thurman who's rolling right now. Last few Keith Thurman fights have 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 been pretty pretty decisive. Uh, so going in, I was like, yeah, Manny, this this might not be a fight you want to take. And I really underestimated the the will of a fighter. You know what I mean? Like I underestimated. The will of a fighter, especially an experienced fighter. Now, there was a video that came out saying, uh, with Adrian, someone was interviewing Adrian Bronner, and he was saying that Thurman was out with him gambling and partying all, all night, the last two nights before the fight, until about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I hope that is not true. Because if that is true, that's a, that's, a, that's a terrible look on Keith Thurman. But... I'm not taking away from any what, what what we saw from Manny Pacquiao was a vet doing vet things. Uh, he knocked he he knocked Thurman to the ground first round and looking further into the fight, you know, like further the further rounds, he realized that Manny Pacquiao's punches and Manny Pacquiao counters were really calculated. It's like he wasn't throwing willy nilly uh, throws. He wasn't. He wasn't throwing haymakers like like a lot. He was he was very precise. You know his 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 hits were were very precise. His hits were okay. I'm gonna do that. Like you can tell he was talking to himself inside 
the fight. You can tell in his head, all right, I'm going to do this. Oh, he's going to do this. Like, he studied. And on Thurman's side, it, just, it really looked like he wasn't prepared, which I, or, or, or and I don't, I don't say he, he was, but it looked like he underestimated and thought this was going to be an easy win. And honestly, I thought that too, but I'm not fighting. <laughs> I'm not the one that's in the in the ring. You can't be the fighter thinking the same as the fan. As a fan, I'm like, okay, Manny Pacquiao's 40 years old. He retired to come back. You're 29 and 0, and this should be an easy fight. You as a fighter can't think that. And because he thought that, it it was uh, he lost. And it <laughs> It was a split decision, but honestly, I thought, looking at the fight, yeah, Thurman had a couple rounds, but it looked like Manny Pacquiao pretty much dominated the fight. Uh, again, you you can give Thurman a couple rounds, uh, but it was Manny all the way. Um, when you thought Thurman had, had Manny Pacquiao on the ropes, he was like, oh, nope, nope, and, and, and he did a couple counters to to put Thurman on his on the back on his back heels. It was it was, you know, it was a it was a textbook teaching pretty much. I felt like Manny Pacquiao was teaching Thurman how to fight. Not saying Thurman doesn't know, but it just felt like the the teacher was was fighting the student. And the teacher still got a lot in him. So, shouts out to Manny Pacquiao. Again, he is 40 uh and he is now the oldest welterweight champion in boxing history. And, yeah, that's, that, you know, I don't, boxing's in a weird spot, man. It, for a while, it's been, I, I feel like it's been dying. Uh, of course, you had the Floyd Mayweathers, uh, he retired and, of course, came back to fought that little kid in South Korea, which was trash. But, you know, you got Floyd Mayweather, he retired, Manny Pacquiao, we don't know what he's going to do now, except for the... For the heavyweight division, which has Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, boxing is in a weird spot. You know, boxing alongside, uh, you know, UFC and sad, to, well, I'm not going to say sad to say, but the WWE, boxing is losing, it's been losing its, its flavor, I guess you can say, for for a while now. I remember back in the day, my mom used to, my mother used to love watching boxing, and I'm not, that's not a sexist thing, but my mother used to love watching, watching boxing. She used to be a boxing fanatic. My dad used to be a boxing fanatic. A lot of these people that are older used to, oh, I'm sorry, this is, this is kind of irritating me. For people that see on, on, on YouTube, like, all right, boom. Uh, they were boxing fanatics. And now they can they, they don't really care too much about boxing and, and kids growing up or kids coming up now, they don't really care about boxing. They care about of course the footballs, the basketballs, and if it is fighting, they care about the UFC. UFC is fun, UFC is exciting, UFC's uh to me a lot more brutal. And to me it is a lot more brutal. Um USC has some of the bigger names. Even if they are foreign, there's some of the bigger names. Like I don't know. Later, later in this episode, we're going to talk about how we can fix baseball. But I don't know. I think that we need more household names in boxing. I, again, I just name I name Anthony Joshua, Dante Wilder, and Tyson Fury. They're all heavyweights. Of course, you have, like I said, Manny Pacquiao. You have Keith Thurman. Uh, 
other than that, you really don't have the face of boxing. For 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 the for a while, it's been Floyd Mayweather. Uh, it was uh, Vander Holyfield. It was uh, Lennox Lewis. It was um, Ray Jones Jr. Roy, I'm sorry, Roy Jones Jr. Now is we're really searching, and now that I think you know, I definitely know that Manny Pacquiao's on the back end of his career. Uh, we still need to see what Keith Thurman's gonna do. Again, now he's 29 and one. Not saying you know he's he's you know done or anything, but we're gonna see if he can carry the mantle. And with the you know heavyweights, we need we really need to see who's gonna take the every sport. I don't think okay, except for maybe basketball. A sport needs a face, and we'll talk about that a little bit later and, and, and emphasize that a little bit later, but a sport needs a face, and boxing doesn't have a face. Like, when you think of boxing, who do you think of? I still think of, you know, past greats. I still think of the Muhammad Ali's, the George Foreman's, the, the you know, the Mike Tyson's. I don't think of really anybody now, not saying that they're bad or they suck now, but you don't you think of the nostalgia you think of the past when you think of fighting and boxing and that to me is one reason why boxing is in critical condition when it's when we're talking about fan fanhood of course we have you know boxing at night on ESPN with Max Kellerman and he's been in boxing pretty much his entire career but yeah, it's it's a dying to me. It's a dying sport, and I'm not saying dying as it's just going to completely fall off the face of the earth. But people are losing losing um, losing interest. Like I said, when now you have UFC on ESPN, uh, you're, you're losing interest. And I think that boxing definitely needs a face. Floyd Mayweather has been the face for the longest. Even you can say what you want about Floyd Mayweather. You can have your gripes. You can. Uh, not like them for you know off the out of the ring issues, but what you can say is when you thought of, and some even still now when you think of boxing, one of the first names you'll think about is Floyd Mayweather, and that <laughs> that that's his legacy. His legacy is undefeated, and he was the face of boxing for a while. Now, when you think about that, you don't you don't know. You really don't know. So boxing, unlike. I mean, boxing needs a face, and it doesn't have it right now. And I think that needs to change for for the popularity to grow up. I mean, grow up, grow up, popularity to to rise. But again, shouts out to Manny Pacquiao for beating Keith Thurman. Uh, you know, being the oldest weatherweight in history. And speaking of face, so Zoltan did an interview with I'm not too sure who. And he was pretty much saying that he's the best soccer player, MLS player in the league, even though he is older. Um, and the interviewer asked, what about Carlos Velna, who leads the N- MLS in goals uh, with 21 goals? Yeah, 21 goals. And Zoltan pretty much said, you know, how old is he? He's 29. What was I doing in 29? I was overseas playing in, you know, the Euro League. And he's 29 in his prime playing in MLS. And it really sparked something in me. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it's it's 
because of that interview was pretty much front and center now. As to how is it that when you think of the United States, you think of at least the United States tries to be some of the best sporting leagues in the world. Like you look at, there's no other sport, there's no other league in the world better than the NFL. There's no other league in the war, world better than the NBA. There's no other league in the world better than the MLB. There's no other league in the world better than the NHL. There might be some better players, you know, overseas or anything, but there's no better league than the NHL. Uh, but we can't say that about soccer. And we had this conversation a while ago about, uh, or we kind of had this conversation about women's U.S. soccer. But this is MLS, Major League Soccer. And I was thinking, why is it that it's so hard to attract some of the biggest names to play for MLS. Now, I understand with the money and more than likely you can make a hell of a lot more money overseas, you know, playing in the Euro Leagues or La Liga or wherever. But why is the and why and how is it that the MLS is not a draw? Like for the for the All Star game, which I thought it was funny. I think I, I, I peeped this like two years ago. For the All Star game, the MLS compiles the best players, and they play a single team, a single Euro League team. Like they'll play Juventus or or Barcelona or something. And almost every year, the MLS are underdogs, and almost every year the MLS loses. I don't know if we can get more money in the league. I don't know if the league needs more publicity. I don't know what it is. But nobody. It's it's funny, man. It's look at a was it Christian Ponder or something? The 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 like the best United States player. The best United USA player. He plays overseas. Like you know you're going to get the great the best competition overseas, but why is it that we can get those players over here for M for the NBA, like there's no way Dirk would play in in Barcelona for the rest of his life. There's no way that Mono Ginobili would have picked uh, Greece over the NBA, there's, or 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 Euro League over the NBA. Now, a lot of in uh, the worst part and the craziest part is a lot of players in the MLS wouldn't even make it on a team in the Euro Leagues. So to bring it back full circle, when Zoltan, Zoltan, whatever the hell his name is, brings up the fact that, yeah, I think I'm the best because with my age, I'm still sticking up. I mean, I'm still catching up or neck and neck with a lot of these people. And even though Carlos Vela leads the league in, in goals, he's doing it against lesser competition. And I think that as soccer fans, we see that this is lesser competition. Again, of course, the, the team in D.C. is D.C. United. D.C. United gets, gets Wayne Rooney, but he's, he's pretty much one foot out the door. Uh, L.A. Galaxies, you, you got Atlanta now as a team, and they just won recently the MLS. But none of those teams, like, like let's just talk about D.C. United. 
DC United has a good team, but n- n- that team is not even close to probably one of the worst teams in, in EuroLeague. And if we do get a EuroLeague player, it's probably at the end of his career and he just, you know, wants to play. Like Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, I think he was playing for England or something for the for the longest. Or or Real, uh, Real Madrid, I believe. He was playing for one of them teams for the longest until he was like, you know, I just want to come over here. Just do it. That's That's how the United States gets those players. And I think... That is a problem, and I don't know how we can change it, but I do think that it does need to be changed. I really do, because sort of like boxing, and I think the MLS is definitely also a sport that needs a face. Like even Euroleague has a face. You you got the 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 um, Leo Messi's, you have the Ronaldo's, you have the Neymar's, the Mabeep. Like you have faces when you think of MLS. Probably Zoltan. Like, I really had to look up who Carlos Velna was when Zoltan said his name. Like, like boxing, MLS needs a face. It might be Zoltan right now because anytime I think of MLS, I think of him. But even, like, it doesn't have a face. And because of that, like boxing, I think it suffers. People, people don't really sit, unless you're an avid soccer fan, people don't really sit and watch soccer games. People don't really sit and watch soccer match, matches for it to end 1-0. Now, if we had, I don't know, I, I can, I can pretty, I'm pretty sure it'll never happen. If we have like a Leon Messi caliber player playing for DC United. Or we had the third best player on Barcelona playing for DC United. That'd be different. I think fans would get a lot more excited. You know, like if I if I knew that MLS was if I knew that's maybe that's what it is. People that watch soccer know that MLS is not is not marquee marquee soccer. You know. Like I know when I'm watching an NBA game, even if it's the worst, even if it's the 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 Suns and the Bulls, I know that this is the best league in the NBA. Even though these are probably the worst two teams in this league, I'm still watching the best league. I know that if I'm watching the 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 I don't know, the Buccaneers and the Giants even though they, those might be some of the worst teams in the league, I know that the NFL is the best league. Canadian Football League, the, the best Canadian Football League team is not going to beat the worst NFL team. The best, the best Euro League team is not going to beat the the Chicago Bulls. Hell, we even saw that in the summer league. They couldn't even beat the summer league. China. Couldn't even beat the summer league team. MLS has a problem. I think real fans understand it. And it's it's sad that MLS is pretty much looked at as like the either the development league or the league that you go before you're out the door. Like Wayne Rooney more than likely will probably retire after he plays for DC United. Zoltan 
if he if he doesn't if he wants to stay, he can stay. He you know, clearly does what the hell he wants, but more than likely he'll retire as an LA Galaxy and still have the reputation of how great he was overseas. MLS does not have has a problem with attracting Euro, and I get the money situation, but you're telling me you can't fork over some more money to get some good players? That's all I'm saying. It, it's it's crazy. It's 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 a it's a conundrum. <laughs> it is a conundrum, and I don't I don't see I don't I don't see how it can get much better, honestly, without without forking over some more money. Or it's kind of like it's kind of like the college basketball conversation I had a while ago with uh, Mike Skies and my man Damian from ESPN. How would how do you attract some of the big name, you know, college basketball players to go to HBCUs? And one thing that we came to realize is it's not just the player has to make a commitment to the HBCUs. The HBCUs have to make a commitment to that player. And I'm saying it as you think, and this is no shot to either Zion or Howard. But you think that Howard University could handle the momentum of a Zion Williamson? You think that Morgan State can handle the momentum of a of a hell? It doesn't have to be Zion. A momentum of a R.J. Barrett. You think that FAMU can handle the momentum of an Anthony Davis when he was in college? If, if, if MLS wants to attract bigger names and attract better players, I feel that they need to, and these, they need to, one, attract a big fish. They need to get a, they need to get a Ronaldo. They need to get a Messi. They need to get a Suarez. They need to get a Neymar. They need to get a Mabib. They need to get a, a Bale. But how can they do that? And, and 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 I'm not. Let me let me not bet. Seattle. If a team, if if uh, uh, if Leo Messi comes and says, you know what, I want to play for Seattle. Do you think that Seattle can handle Leo Messi? Not only Seattle. Do you think that the MLS as a whole can handle the fanfare that you're about to get with Leo Messi? Do you see when Barcelona? I think Barcelona comes. Barcelona and Real Madrid almost every year play like a friendly or something in the United States. And they usually play at a FedEx Field. If not, or the Audi Stadium now. You think and you see how that is packed and 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 a standing room only pretty much in a stadium. You think that that's going to go that that'll be at almost every game everywhere you go if a big name like Messi or Ronaldo come to the come to your team so it has to be a commitment from both sides the player has to be like all right I'm gonna do this and I, I know that the competition might be less but I'm gonna start something um I think I don't think Zoltan can do that because he's a little older but if a younger player or or a better player or or a better a more known player does it I think it could be the start of something and I don't know. We'll we'll really just have to see because 
Right now, MLS sucks. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna just keep it stacked with you. MLS sucks. I was watching DC United against somebody the other day when DC United won like four one, and I'm like, "Yo, this it sucks." <laughs> like, I get more enjoyment watching like Team USA men, and they lose all the time. So, you know, it it's. It's, it's 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 not good, and it's. Uh, I think the worst part about it is I I just sat here, I sat here and explained all that, and I still don't know. Um, I still don't know nor see who will come. You know to the to the MLS. You know who 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 will be that player? Cuz again, it's 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 a lot more lucrative being going over, you know, playing for Euro. Even though it could be lucrative playing here in the United States, it's just not <laughs> it's not. And I don't know, it's I don't know. I don't know. But uh um, I guess we'll talk about a little bit of basketball before we go. So, or before we move on to the big topic. <laughs> um, so as we know, Chris Paul was traded from Golden's, uh, no, who was traded from Houston to OKC for, uh, a couple picks actually for Russell Westbrook. And early reports were saying Chris Paul does not want to be on this team. Uh, it would be terrible if he stayed on this team. He, they're trying to get him out. They're trying to ship him out. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. He's trying to go to the heat. Do what we got to do. And it really is crazy. Looking at this whole situation, pretty much the heat are like, all right, we really don't want Chris Paul, but we do want those two picks that we gave you guys pretty much, or that we gave. Um, we we you they have two picks of Houston, uh, Miami that Miami pretty much wants back, and if you give those give them those two picks back, they'll take Chris Paul's contract, which is pretty much the only thing that you're, you're trading. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul's cool and everything, but that contract makes them damn near untouchable. And OKC's okay, like, why would we trade? That's the that's the main piece. Why would we trade you those two picks back? And like, forget Chris Paul. We want the picks. So reports are pretty much coming out now that he's more than likely going to start the season with OKC. And it really got me thinking about the the journey this and the span. And the decisions that can change and alter an entire NBA career. And how, sort of like the NFL, but the NFL is a, little, a lot shorter due to the, you know, brutality. The NBA, outside of like maybe LeBron or maybe a Steph because he doesn't really have a physical game. The NBA, your, your, your shelf life. 
of greatness is 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 so quick. Like think about it. Just think three years ago, four years ago, four years ago, we were still debating if Chris Paul is a top five point guard in the league. The Clippers gave him a massive contract. Uh even though they weren't really winning much due to injuries and just bad luck. Oh, and their team pretty much collapsing, but that's not just all on Chris Paul. Look at Melo three years ago, four years ago. Melo was still, four years ago, Melo was still on New York. Think, like, think, like, look at those two players. Look at these three players. Look at Melo, look at Chris Paul. And look at John Wall. All were at very high highs. Now are looked at pre- pretty low. And I, and I and I and let's let's talk about Chris Paul real quick. Again, Chris Paul was arguably is arguably one of the top five point guards of all time. Of course, he dealt with a lot of injury due to his size, due to the way he plays. But we look at him now; he's he's untouchable just due to that contract. That contract it makes him so ugly on on like I think when he's thirty four he'll be making like forty one million. It'll be different if he had a game like Steph Curry where you rely a lot on your shot and, and creating your shot, not not, you know, a physical. But he doesn't shoot like Steph. And everywhere he's gone, he's had a locker room problem. Whether that's with another star, you he was he had problems with uh, Blake Griffin towards the end. Apparently he had problems with uh, what's his name, James Harden. He's had problems everywhere he's gone. If he's not the one, and you look at Melo. I've I did an episode. I did a full episode of Melo before, but. Melo is one of the greatest offensive off, offensive players the NBA's ever seen. His mid-range is on is is deadly. He he's one of the best mid-range scorers ever. Melo's not even in the league right now. Just about maybe 4 years ago, John Wall like uh was like Chris Paul was Viewed as a top five point guard. I had him three or four. And and nobody argued with me. Now a lot of a couple of injuries, a couple of stories come out, you know, with his extracurricular activities. Um and now this massive contract where he has undoubtedly the worst contract in the NBA. His contract Starts this year and for four year, one hundred and seventy million dollar contract, and more than likely he might miss a year and a half to two years of that contract due to an injury. And what makes that even worse is that John Wall's game is predicated around his athleticism, like 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 Russell Westbrook. Like like uh, Derrick Rose. You take that you, you t- and that's why a lot of people are saying Russell Westbrook has a, has a has a terrible contract. You take the athleticism from John Wall. You take the athleticism, or you decrease the athleticism due to injuries, due to age. 
what do you have? John Wall can't. Uh, John Wall can't shoot. Russell Westbrook can't shoot. While Russell Westbrook is good in assists as well as John Wall, they're kind of empty assists. Like John Wall will give you 15 assists, but you luck up and we're down 15. Or it just doesn't seem like John. Like his a lot of his teammates. I don't know if they still do or not. And of course, I'm just speculating. But it doesn't seem like a lot of his teammates want to even play with him. Same as Russell Westbrook. Hell, Durant left. Paul George left to go with somebody else. You know, you bring it back full circle. It's crazy how the 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 way that we view superstar or the way that we view NBA players can change from year after year. And you can go from one of the greatest or one of the best point guards in the league just three years ago in Chris Paul to now an untouchable contract that teams are trying like OKC does not want him on the team. They took him to get those picks because Russell Westbrook wanted to leave and Houston was was willing to give some picks. They didn't. If it was a Chris Paul Russell Westbrook deal up like like straight up, OKC wouldn't have done that. Nobody wants Chris Paul's contract, except Miami, I guess. But they really have no hope, even with Jimmy Butler. They ain't got no hope winning at all. It. It's just crazy. Chris Paul, two years ago, three years ago, was one of the best point cards. Now he's an untouchable contract. Four years ago, John Wall was arguably top three point guards in the league. Now, the only time we look at him, like every time we talk about him, we have to mention that contract because it's it's the worst contract in the league. Now, three, four years ago, Melo was still on the Knicks, still putting up 50-point games. Now he's not even in the league. That's how fast the NBA changes. And that's how fast a player can go from here to forgotten or or the how the narrative can change. It sometimes sometimes it can take a couple seasons. Like remember back in the day uh young Curry, young Kyrie, all they were really known for is their offense and their injury prone. Curry with his ankles, Kyrie with his knees and his back and his face and all these injuries that they continue to pile up. So they were pretty much known as, you know, injury-prone players. Now you look at Kyrie Irving and we consider him, we really don't even remember (laughs) a lot of the injuries. We just look at him as one of the greatest handles of all time. We look at him as one of the greatest offensive point players point guards under the rim of all time uh, we look at curry we, greatest shooter of all time one of the greatest point guards of all time we don't even think about the injuries anymore even though he still did just deal with an injury in last in fact almost every year he deals with an injury but we don't consider him injury prone anymore because he succeeded from that now he's steph curry greatest shooter ever now Kyrie deals with it. He had he had an injury last year, and the year before. 
We still don't consider him injury prone. We consider him, oh, that's Kyrie, Uncle Drew. Look at Chris Paul. Now, yes, his age, he's, he's getting old. I mean, he's about to be, what, 32, 33? But still, like, it's, it's crazy how the narrative on players like Chris Paul or Melo or John Wall or who's another player? Avery Bradley changed. Avery Bradley used to be a defensive stalwart. Now, I, except for when the Lakers got him, I totally forgot Avery Bradley was in the league. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So before, oh, oh, snap, hey, we got sponsors. Cue the music. You ever have a long day at work? Want to come home, wind down, maybe take a bath? What's the best thing that goes with baths? What's the best thing that goes with winding down? Candles. And BRX Candles has some of the best candles in the nation. Any scent that you can think of, lemon, lavender, strawberry, any scent that you can think of, BRX Candles, BRX Candles has them. You're probably thinking to yourself, Jalen, why don't you have any BRX Candles lit right now? Ah, don't be fooled. I do. One is over there, but I'm probably gonna unlight that because it's hot in here. But, when I come home, after a long stressful day at the office, I light two lavender BX candles, not just relax. You're also probably thinking to yourself, Jalen, where can I get these BRX candles? I'm glad you asked. You can go to www.brx-candles-or-candles.myshopify.com. That is brx-candles.myshopify.com to get your BRX candles today. That is brx-candles.myshopify.com. Go get your candles. And again, I cannot stress enough, these are the best candles on the market. That is BRX candles. Go get yours today. So the last topic before we go, Again, like I said, basketball season's over, so I really had to think. I was sitting here watching the the Braves and the Nationals play. And I was thinking to myself, yo, I'm bored. <laughs> and it really, it spurred a lot of things that I've been thinking about. Look, I don't hate Major League Baseball. Hell, I love all sports. You know, I can sit. I've never been to a baseball game, which I still have to go to, but I can I can sit through a a, a, a game. I watched almost all the World Series games, even though I didn't understand half the stuff they were talking about. I still watch it because I'm a sports fan. I love sports. But I was thinking, sport. Why? I was thinking, how is it? How can we? bring major league major league baseball back back in like the 20s 30s 40s 50s used to be america's america's pastime that's what's called america's pastime like it used to be america's sport 
Babe Ruth, all them, you know, Hank Aaron, uh, Jackie Robinson. Baseball used to be it. And people used to love baseball. The attendance used to be skyrocket. You couldn't, it used to be the hot ticket. You look today, in fact, I implore you to go look at a baseball game and look at how many empty seats there are. I implore you to look, watch a baseball game in mute and name five players. I was thinking, how can we fix baseball? And I don't say fix it is broke or anything because I, I talked about this in my podcast before, but baseball is has no uh, salary cap. So you can pay these players whatever you want. Why does the NBA and the NFL have that? All I'm going to say is a lot of the players that play for the NBA don't look like a lot of the players that play for the M- 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 uh, MLB. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I was thinking, how can we make baseball exciting? Because it's not. I was like, bro, what in the hell? So I found six ways, six ways that we can improve baseball to where we can get attendance up, we can get popularity up. Do what we got to do. First of all, first of all, number one, lower the game, the total games in a regular season. It's hard enough to sit and watch the Nationals play five times a week. No, three, four times a week. Let alone 162 games. And think of the teams like the 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 Mar- uh, Mariners or the what's another trash team? Um, or the the I don't know. Or the Mets or something. A team, a trash team, is after the first maybe one or. After three months, they're they're out the playoffs, and we still have like a hundred games to go. Nobody wants to sit through a hundred and sixty-two games when your team is out the playoffs in three months, and we still have another five months to go, six months to go. People talk about the NBA needs to lower their the NBA needs to lower their um games to eight from 82 to whatever yeah. or 81 you or 82 82 you're talking about lowering the nba to 82 yet the mlb has 162 games who, who wants to sit through that you need to lower i don't know what you lower it to but you need to lower it because nobody is invested, especially if your team sucks. Nobody is invested three months in when your team is already out the playoffs. Like, nobody wants to watch the Mariners and they are out the playoffs after month two. And we still have eight more months of this. It, that's number one. Lower, lower lower the amount of games in the regular season. And on top of that, number two is extend the playoffs. We all know the best time, the best part of NBA is the playoffs. The best part of MLB is when? 
the playoffs. But the thing that I don't understand is why do you have, why do you have 162 games? Yet the first what round in the, or first round or two in the playoffs are single game elimination. So the best team in in the league could be out by round one because or could be out yeah the first round due to one game, one mess up, one thing that can mess it up. Yet the the regular season has 162 games. So you can mess up, mess up, mess up, mess up, mess up, and still continue to be in it. But you mess up once in the playoffs and it's done. You go from a marathon in the in the regular season to March Madness in the playoffs. First two rounds. Like, come on, man. That doesn't make to me that doesn't make any sense. And honestly, just just make it a seven game series. Make just just like the NBA, make everything a seven game series or if you don't want a seven game series at least the best of five nobody no or yeah best of seven nobody wants a, a single elimination where the best team could be eliminated off of a, 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 a an error or something you know what i mean it doesn't make sense that that doesn't make sense at all <sighs> number three put stars front and center let me name you. Let me name you a couple people. And I, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Matt Scherzer, Bryce Harper. I put money. Except for maybe Bryce Harper. In fact, I know I put money. If Mookie Betts walked into the mall and. He didn't have any entourage. He didn't have any paparazzi. He didn't have any security. It was just Mookie Betts walking around in a Macy's. I put money. A casual person, not a not a baseball fan, not a baseball fanatic, a casual sports fan, would not recognize who Mookie Betts was. I put money. You can do the same thing to Mike Trout. You put Mike. You throw Mike Trout. You you put you tell Mike Trout to walk into a Target. I put money, nobody would know who he is. Hell, a lot of people don't know who Corey Bellinger or Cody, Cody Bellinger? Corey, Cody or Corey, whatever, Bellinger is, and he's about to, more than likely going to win the NL MVP. You need to, the NBA does a really good job, and that's why I don't think the NBA needs a face because there's so many great players and they do a, such a good job putting your players first. The MLB, to me, needs to do a better job putting your players first. I see Mike Trout all the time. I see Bryce Harper all the time. I see Bellinger all the time. I see Mookie Betts all the time. I see Altuve, or Al, yeah, Altuve, whatever say his name is, all the time. Mike, Mike, these, uh, continue more. Mike these players up. More press conferences. More commercials. There has to be a way where your stars can be stars. Your stars are not just, you're not, just, and I'm not saying, you know, they still make an, a, an incredible amount of money, but there should be no reason why only the diehard baseball fans can point Mike Trout, who is the best player, probably one of the greatest players to ever play baseball. Only the, only the most avid baseball fans can pick him out of a lineup. Why is it that only the average, like avid baseball fans, can pick Bellinger out of a lineup, and he's about to win the MVP in the NL? 
I put money that the average, if you do it like when, you know how you go out in the street and like ask random like sports fans questions? I put money, you tell, you ask a random sports fan, doesn't have to be, not a, not a baseball fanatic, but a sports fan, what does NL and AL mean? I put money, like, I put money, they can't name five AL teams. I have to sit here and really think, can I name five AL teams? And I have a sports podcast. <laughs> baseball needs to find a way to put their, their premier, premier players and premier teams up front and center. It's it's not like the NFL with a shield. Your players need to be the most important. Cause again, that's that's sad that a lot of and, and I'm not just speaking for myself. I I actually did a, a little survey. I asked. I was um at a at a at a restaurant that was showing the game. Showing I, I don't remember which game. And I said, hey, do you know what Cody? Do you know what Bellinger looks like? They said no. And can you name me six AL teams? They can only name me about three. And two of which were, I think, NL teams. Because they definitely named the Nationals. No. No. Uh, number four. What is the most exciting thing or most exciting event from what I've seen in baseball? The home run derby. Make home runs easier. I get the old people's like, oh, you know, all these home runs is, is changing the game. It's, it's ruining the game. That's the same thing that said about the three-point line. Now, look, the NBA is at an all-time high in popularity. Make home runs easier to get. I would love to watch a game that is 15 to 16. Nobody wants to sit through a game that is 1-0 or that is 3-0. I would love a 15, 16 home run shootout. Like, do that. Nobody wants to make, I don't know if you have to extend the, the, the pitching mound. Make it, make it, make home runs fun. Because there should be no reason that we glorify home runs on the home run derby, but then trash it in the regular, regular game. I, I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. And I know I said six, but I'm going to just stick to five. The last one is shorten the game. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you can do a running clock. I don't know how the hell you do that. But shorten the game. Maybe you can do seven innings instead of nine or eight or nine. Because some of them games be hella long. I get those marathon games. You know, you're at a tie. Do your thing. But make the game seven innings. Nobody wants to sit through a long nine inning series to end the game at 2-0 or 2-1 or 1-0 make the game shorter make them shorter look i know i'm not the lead analyst in, in baseball but i do know this i'm a sports fan and if i enjoy something i'm going to watch it just like almost every sports fan, if they enjoy something, they're going to watch it. I enjoy the NFL. I'm not the biggest advocate of NFL, but I watch it. I love the NBA. Why? Because I enjoy watching it. I will watch a, a boxing match. I will watch a UFC match. And I don't know anything about the UFC. I don't know anything about boxing except that there's rounds. And I don't understand why 
a little side tangent. I still don't understand why we have women in like bikinis holding signs. We can clearly see what round it is. I don't need to see you walking around, but it's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is if it's enjoyable and it suits my needs or suits the average fans' needs, there's there's a reason why people go from average fans or casual fans to avid fans. People that started watching the NBA didn't just fall in love with it the first time they seen it. There was something that caught their eye and they continued to watch and continued to watch. Now you have average football fans, same as baseball fans. You didn't just wake up and say, hey, I love baseball. There was something about baseball that you love. You make it more appealing to everybody, more people will love it. <laughs> That's it, man. That's the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening again, again, again. This episode is sponsored. This is our first sponsor, uh, BRX Candles. That is BRX slash or dash candles dot my Shopify dot com. Go get your candles. Again, they are some of the best smelling candles in the world. That is BRX Candles. Go get yours. And before I leave, <laughs> it's funny, man. Um, So on Saturday last week, July 20th, that's my birthday. Uh, I, I don't want to tell y'all how old I turned, <laughs> but it was my birthday. And it's funny. Today, Monday, on this day. The Unpopular Podcast turned one years old. You're probably thinking to yourself, how the hell is it one years old? But this is episode 58. I did drop, you know, there was times when I dropped um, dropped multiple episodes in one week, you know, specials and everything. But I started the Unpopular Podcast on July 22nd, 2018. Today, I mean 23rd. Today is July 23rd, 2019. The Unpopular Podcast is a year old. Cue the music. I want It's been a long ride, man. I, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my growth. I'm grateful for the people that are continuing to rock with me. I'm grateful for the people that started and stopped. I'm grateful for the people, I'm grateful for the people that didn't start with me but came in. People that's critiqued me, the people that's loved the podcast, that's hated the podcast. I appreciate it all. I don't do this for anybody but myself. I love doing what I'm doing. I love sitting here talking about sports. I am burning. My, what did that? What did that? Uh, Vine said, "I'm sweating. I'm sweating on my. You know, I'm not gonna say it. But I, it's hot. But I still love what I'm doing. I love it every time I step in front of the camera." I put this mic on, I turn these lights on, I put these jerseys up, I assemble these figurines, and I sit here and talk about sports, man. It's been a year. I didn't think I was going to make it to a year. I didn't even think I was going to make it to episode two, honestly, because I'm like, yo, what the hell am I doing? But 58 episodes later, a year later, I am so grateful and so happy that I continued it, man. And I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. For people that just starting out, keep going man realize you're not doing it for everybody out there you're doing it for yourself and that's one thing that it took me a year to figure out again this is a this is the unpopular podcast's birthday i thank you i thank you for everyone that supported me and 
Thanks. It's a sentimental moment because it's it's a year old, man. This is something that I grew from the ground up. People that know me, I used to sit right there in my room on a squeaky chair. In fact, the chair is right there. It's broke. I haven't thrown it away. In a squeaky chair with a with a nineteen dollar mic that my mother bought me for my for my birthday. A nineteen dollar mic. And I started the first ever, the first ever episode was talking about Kevin Durant, and now we're here today. I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. I appreciate everybody that is supporting me. Please subscribe. Please share. Please give me a rating, um, whether that's YouTube, wherever the hell you're listening. Rate it if, if you just think it deserves five stars. Give me five stars. If you think it deserves one star, give me one star. Just just rate, man or subscribe, or whatever. I appreciate it, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. One year down, hopefully many, many more to go. Until next time, much love.
patience, a lady with patience, yeah. Oh, nah, nah, nah. I did crazy things and she still waited on me. When the feel is good, you better keep it. When the feel is good, you better keep her around. When the feel is good, she get the key to the house. I'm a tree like my spouse. Because in exchange, you give me peace of mind. Peace of mind.